Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Ernie DiGregorio, Derek Dickey, Joey Devine, Ted Monogas, Bo Lamar, Sean Keane. Ron B. Hagen! Patreons Dave Rock! John W. Williams! Thank you, Dave and John! Jacob Potter! Thank you, Jacob! Chris Crittenden! Thank you, Chris! Cliff! Thank you, Cliff! Musical guest! Hollywood Vampire! And now, the temporary host of Ralph Rock, Joey Devine! Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with uh, an action-packed episode of Round Ball Rock. But before we get to what we're going to talk about today, uh, first, we've got to mention the... The permanent co-host Sean Keen. Sean, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I I narrowly escaped being on a jury today. Did you check your Instagram DMs twice today? No, you have to turn your phone off in court. Oh uh, well, uh, you've got to check them four times tomorrow, my dude. <laughs> that is uh, that is definitely true. You have to check those twice a day, even if you're one of the most famous people on earth. I um okay, I'm checking them now. I got a message from um W zero WM four six two oh four sent me a post. Um 
Well, that's a pretty girl, Joey. Oh, um, congratulations. No followers and no posts. That's weird. Make sure to respond. I will. I you will. should talk to her for two weeks, in fact. Well, you know what? I, I, I opened it up, and uh, actually below her smiling face, it says, tap this. Mm. And uh, her name, now that I've clicked on it, is all in Cyrillic characters. Cool, 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 cool. Um, and is also listed as a product slash service. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, I should probably go to this website that's linked with it, right? Um, yeah, but not on the air. Oh no, my phone <laughs> is on fire, Joey. <laughs> Um, well, that's less the Instagram thing you clicked on and more the fact that they announced a new iPhone today, so that was just going to happen anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's you're right. It's set up to do that. Uh, it's actually my, my, look, I'm not bragging, but my iPhone 6S <laughs> uh, has not been doing well recently. Oh, yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> uh, did you update it? No, I'm never going to update it oh. again because it will... <laughs> It will turn to ash in my hand. <laughs> um, Sean. Yeah. We have some what feels like actual NBA news today. We uh, should. Which is. Uh, hold on. Let's let's do the business real quick. Oh, right. You, oh, God. No wonder I'm the temporary host. Uh, before. We get to what we're our NBA news today. I just want to such rem- good news. I just want to remind F- our listeners if you're enjoying the first off, thank you so much for listening. It really means a ton that anyone at all listens to this. Uh, Still, it it is. I cannot believe it to this day. Uh, and if you do listen to the show and enjoy the show, please review us where you listen to po- uh, podcasts, specifically on iTunes. Uh, five-star reviews only, please, because that's all they'll allow you to do for some reason. It's very weird. You know what? This millennial generation, everybody gets a trophy. It's very, it's just indicative of the problems with our society that iTunes only lets you give five-star reviews. Um, am I right or am I right? (laughs) Right. Uh, please listen to my, uh, please watch my new hour-long special on Netflix, uh, where I rail about SJWs and um, uh, gender norms. Uh, yeah. Because I'm a I've... 75-year-old millionaire. <laughs> Here's the thing, Joey. Snowflake's not welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you like the show even more, and you want to do more than give us a five-star review on iTunes... Please contact us. Follow us on Twitter at RoundRockPod. Email us at uh, RoundRockPod.gmail.com. Almost forgot how emails worked. Um, And or uh, call us on the phone at the number in the description of this show. And if you like us so much, uh, you feel like we should deserve to eat food, um, Mm -hmm. you can... uh, Donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash roundrockpod. Uh, $10 and above, you're going to get some buttons that are going to be almost, that are going to be here by the beginning of the season. Three round rock, uh, three round ball rock buttons and a brand new sticker uh, will be mailed out shortly. I'll tell you who the, Sean, do you know who the buttons are? No, please tell me. Uh, do you remember that episode where we talked about how the Bulls front office are like the Shining? I think about that every day. Well, uh, one of the buttons is Benny the Bull, 
blowing John Paxson, uh, uh-huh. like the famous scene from The Shining. Another button, uh, you get Hall of Fame Nelly, Coach Nelly, the man who uh, smoked weed and got so angry at Ethan Sherwood Strauss, he kicked him out of his house in Maui while he was stoned. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know what? That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> no, that not at all. <laughs> now, of all of the Warriors athletic uh, writers, Joey, is Ethan the most likely to get kicked out of Don Nelson's house? No, there's another one. Is it Tim Kawakami? No, I think Kawakami and Nelly get along. They have like a mutual disdain slash respect, you know? Yeah, well, I think also when Kawakami, uh, if he got stoned, I think he'd be like really nice. I don't think Nelly would be that into Danny LaRue. (laughs) (laughs) And not, I bet Nelly would like Danny, but I think Danny would get too stoned. Right, right, like he'd just get too, well, yeah, he'd be like back on that train going through dark territory in his mind. He'd just be like reciting different numbers. It'd be like, hey, I've always wanted to ask you this. Um, So when you traded Billy Owens, um, did you, well, trade for Billy Owens, did you realize the cap implications and... Yeah, that's... He'd just be saying, uh, he'd just be reciting the salary cap to himself softly so he doesn't uh so he doesn't fall into melt mental illness um (laughs) (laughs) also your third button uh the john collins airplane dunk which for those of you that have been with us for a whole half a season will remember this is officially a john collins airplane dunk podcast now Mm -hmm. and forever so um they're going to you know, be great. They're drawn by uh, our uh, <laughs> artist and friend of the show, Ivy McNally. And um, I've seen the Shining one, and it looks good. By the way, we are going to keep talking about that airplane dunk. Forever. I yeah. will never stop talking about the airplane dunk. I actually watched it again two days ago, Joey. It means, look, the John Collins airplane dunk means more to me than the actual flight of the Wright brothers <laughs> at Kitty Hawk. <laughs> I've gotten so much more enjoyment out of the John Collins airplane j- dunk than actually flying on an airplane. I mean, you, you get a car. It's not that different. <laughs> um, oh, I can go to New York City. But yeah, that's 10 bucks yep. a month. And uh, for five, uh, five bucks a month, you get a brand new round ball rock every week. Uh, three bucks a month, you get in the Discord. That's always popping off. Popping off um, really hard. Sometimes I'm like, Is Discord going to sue us? 20 bucks a month, slammed up t-shirt. And then there are 50 and $100 a month uh, tiers that we put on as a joke. But you know what Sean and I love? When our jokes come true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which has actually been happening a lot in the real NBA, (laughs) as well as on our Patreon. Uh, Anyway, that's enough plugs. Can we get to the news? I want to yell about Kevin Durant. Please. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean. Uh, Our top story today. Uh, Pearl Jam kept Dennis Rodman from committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> See, that's a classic comedy misdirection. You guys thought I was going to talk about Kevin Durant, but uh-huh. instead I'm talking about suicide. Um, well, you're talking about avoiding suicide. It's heartwarming. I mean, look, I'm not laughing at Dennis Rodman's mental illness. In fact, Dennis Rodman bums me out so much. Uh, because all I can see when I see him is mental illness, but I am laughing about Pearl Jam uh, because uh, of Bill Simmons. I'm going to be honest, because of Bill Simmons. <laughs> I well, just okay. This look, is all I, I thought. Just... <laughs> okay, go ahead. Well, no, no, no. Please, please keep going. Sorry. All I was thinking of was uh, Bill Simmons. Watching the Aaron Boone home run, taking a revolver out from under his desk, putting a single bullet inside, cocking the hammer, and then Pearl Jam. Uh, and of course... Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so what, what we're talking about <laughs> is... Yeah, uh, Friend of the pod... Uh, and Patreon, Round Ball Rock patron himself, Sean Hyken, interviewed Dennis Rodman. Yes. Sean, do you want to run us through this story? Yeah, so um, he got to the bottom of... Now, the story had been told before that Dennis Rodman um, got depressed to the point of being suicidal in his uh, later days in Detroit. Um and well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it to you in in Dennis's own words. Um, when things started to disassemble in Detroit, I started to feel betrayed. I said, "What the fuck's going on?" A lot of the people that loved me were gone. I was all by myself. He's talking about all the trades. Chuck Daly left. So one day, I wrote a note and went to the parking lot of the palace. I had a gun rack and I had a gun in my car. I had it in my hand, but for some reason, I played this music. I put it on. I was listening to the song and this music, and I was just debating. It didn't have anything to do with basketball. It had to do with this love that I wanted, and it suddenly just left me. And this song came on. It was Pearl Jam, Evenflow, and Black, and stuff like that. And I had the gun in my lap, and next thing you know, I fell asleep listening to Pearl Jam. Then I woke up, and all the cops and everyone was there. I didn't know what was going on. I totally forgot I had a gun in my hand. So... So he clearly put on the CD of ten mm-hmm. because I don't I don't think a radio station in Detroit was playing that one uh, like front to back, you know. Well, but it could have been a two for Tuesday. It could have been a two for Tuesday with now black. I can see that being a song that like that matches the mood better. Mm-hmm. It is much weirder to me to think about Dennis Rodman holding a gun, and then there's just that like, hey, you know, well, and he doesn't mention the song "Alive," which mm-hmm. no, you'd think that'd be the obvious one. Feels closer, but also, you know, you know what? Who am I to say? I think it was alive, and. uh Dennis Rodman just—he said two Pearl Jam song names. He couldn't remember. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I mean, because look, 
Dennis Rodman isn't exactly uh, with it still. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I I have to say, like, none of these none of these Pearl Jam songs are particular deep cuts. But I would say that Black is a bit of a deep cut to still be remembering in 2019 when you're Dennis Rodman. True. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um. Because, I, like, it's not a single. You know what I mean? There's no black video. They did play it on the radio. Well, and he he did... Eddie Vedder did once perform just the very last part of the song on Letterman. And then, um, I guess, got so shy that he walked right off stage while Paul Schaefer was still doing the... Ah, uh, yes. And Letterman went to get him to, like, take a bow. And... He'd like literally left through a stage door and was on like Forty Second Street. Ah, uh, uh, yes, and, like, walking We're away that or shy. Yes, Eddie Vedder was shy, not too stoned. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's his shyness that makes him act, act that way. Well, I think he. I think he was. I think he honestly had a lot of stage fright when he started out. Uh, I think he was. Look, I watched the movie Hype pretty recently, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, his interview, he is, uh, I would describe as, too stoned. <laughs> He's, he was uh, getting kicked out of Nelly's house, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's... <laughs> He's pretty high in every moment he's on screen in the movie Singles, and for sure. he also, if you remember, uh, our old Bay Area heads will remember this, uh, once was too hungover to perform at a free concert. I was at that concert! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he did about five songs, I think, and then Neil Young came out, who was supposed to do, like, four or five songs with the band. And then Eddie Vedder just never came back. And then they started playing some of the songs again. And that was the point when people were like, even though this is free. Also, Joey, it was actually not a free concert. It was just in Golden Gate Park. Oh, sorry. Tickets were pretty expensive. For some reason, I thought it it was free. Well, because it was in Golden Gate Park. They're always free there. And uh, (laughs) they gave us a makeup show at at Spartan Stadium in San Jose. Mm-hmm. That's where I went to the Guinness Flaw. Oh, wow. I saw uh, X was there, and John Lee Hooker, and Tracy Chapman, and uh, the Chieftains. (laughs) Was it an Irish music festival featuring all of those people? Except X isn't Irish, and neither is Tracy Chapman. Tracy Chapman. And John Lee Hooker. Oh, it's just the Guinness Flaw. That's right. That's right. Okay. (laughs) But also, it was the worst lineup I've ever seen in my entire life. But I have seen X, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that Uh, is good. Did not realize how cool that was when I saw it at 13 years old. Uh, My dad bought the tickets to see The Chieftains. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that Golden Gate Park show, uh, Social Distortion, opened Uh for uh, Pearl Jam. And I had heard them on the radio a lot, and I saw them, and I was like, this guy is pretty old. Uh, I was thinking about that guy the other day. Look, <laughs> we are going to talk about Kevin Durant, I swear. But I do want to tell you, Sean, the guy, yeah. Mike Ness from Social Distortion. Yes. If you had to guess, would you guess that he's a Trump guy? 
Um, because I was certain I was like eighty twenty. He's a Trump guy now. You know what I mean? Orange oh. County, just like uh-huh. the guy wears a leather jacket. Turned out just, in Sacramento, was... uh, like a month ago, uh-huh. played a show. Guy with a MAGA hat showed up. He jumped off the stage and beat the shit out of the guy. I love it. I love it. I wouldn't. I don't think I would have thought he was a Trump guy just because. Um, <laughs> What he was doing, even when I liked it, what still just felt pretty uncool. It's he's, and, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I love right. those guys, Sean. How many members of Pennywise do you think are Trump guys? Oh my god, I do. I, I gotta say, I don't know a lot about that band. <laughs> but uh, much like the fictional Pennywise, the fictional Pennywise is pretty into uh, letting children die. So mm-hmm. I think Pennywise the Clown is a Trump guy. Loves getting in the sewer, you know. All right, we got to talk about basketball. There's actual oh, yeah, well, basketball well, to talk but, about. Okay, Keep going. My Keep other question, Joey, I do want to ask, though, did Dennis Rodman continue to listen to Pearl Jam past the 10 album? Yes. Absolutely. Do you think he's heard any of the songs from Into the Wild? I bet he still listens to them. I bet I bet he still listens to them, but he doesn't listen to anything after Vitology. Mm, see, I bet he loves that uh, "I Wish I Was" song from like the mid two thousands. I think that's on binaural. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Oh, <laughs> well, I bet I bet he likes their last kiss cover. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Also. Definitely loves that Todd McFar- that video Todd McFarlane drew. <laughs> Dennis Rodman, one hundred percent a Todd McFarlane guy, right? I would. Oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> he like owns McFarlane art and has it on his walls, right? Well, he definitely has a lot of the action figures. Yeah, <laughs> or he's like bartered them in the box before. <laughs> it would be so tight if he owned. Like all three hundred of those live bootlegs they released after that one European <laughs> tour, and he's like, you know what, the Lisbon show really had a pretty tight corduroy, but uh, you know, if you really want, you got to listen to the Bruce show if you want the definitive live version of Porch. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about it now. Dennis Rodman definitely has an actual drawing of Spawn on his wall somewhere that t- Todd McFarlane drew. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, are we done talking about Pearl Jam? Yeah, Do you want I another one? So. Any other questions? Uh, no. Okay. No. I think we, I think we've gone through a lot. Oh, read the article though. It's yeah. Really our, our man Hyken knows what he's doing. Also, if you can do these sort of things, hire our man Hyken. Yeah. Uh, it is very dumb. Hyken does not, is a freelancer. Because he is, yeah, uh, pound for pound, a reporting beast. It really is. Yeah. Um, all right. So players like anyway. Uh, the NBA banned the Karate Kid headband today. Uh-huh. Uh, and I am going to sound unpopular here. And I say, good fucking riddance. They sucked. <laughs> yeah, man. Look, I understand that some people liked the Karate Headband, uh... And it's kind of dumb that they got banned, but it's also... It's very dumb that they got banned. The I do want to say 
one thing that has affected it for me is, look, you said a few months ago, I have never seen anyone play well while wearing the Karate Kid headband. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that's 100% true, but I believe it is mostly true. But part of that is because I there was one warrior who wore that headband all the time. And uh, he was on the roster because of nepotism. <laughs> Damian Lee. It was just like, I associate the Karate Kid headband with Steve Kerr getting way too overconfident or like needing to impress the Curry family or something like that. But just Damian Lee falling down. That's what I think of. Uh, yeah, it looked it looks dumb. The only person who was allowed to wear it was Mike Scott. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mike Scott says that Nike is behind the move uh, and uh-huh. that they thought looked unprofessional. And um, uh-huh. if they thought that looked unprofessional, he showed them yesterday. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's also, it's hilarious that the NBA was like, we banned him because of safety concerns. Uh, like, yeah, I guess they was, thought yeah. like somebody's finger was going to get caught in the knot or something. I think they just thought someone might accidentally start doing karate. Or somebody's going to get whipped in the eye by the tails. That actually... That actually could could have happened, happened, actually, now that I think about it. But also, then they should also ban Kenneth Fareed's hair, if that's the case. Um, Not... They definitely shouldn't ban Kenneth Fareed's hair, but I'm just saying... Yeah, you're also not allowed to wear, like, a loose, jangly necklace. Yeah. And I support that. No, no, you should be allowed to wear a loose, jangly necklace. (laughs) Dude, every... Look, the NBA would look so much cooler if everybody was walking around like uh, Michael Jordan in the dunk contest with a gold chain. (laughs) I just think think people would get choked to death. Look, man, in the ABA book, uh, Loose Balls, uh, there's a guy, when they first do ABA tryouts... Uh, that played the first season of the ABA, I believe, uh, wearing uh, rings all the time. We'll bring that back. I'm into that. Oh, the other thing I think there the was NBA also a guy do. who played with a toothpick in his mouth. All right, keep oh. going. Uh, the other thing I think is um, if the NBA is going to keep doing like weird two way and like rule ten contracts, that guy should be able to play in both leagues, but he should only be allowed to play in the NBA while wearing Timberlands. I think. Um, and I guess that, I guess that's what Patrick Beverly was also working out in last Okay, week, dude. So. Who's the most... All right. The most Timberlands player ever is, of course, Andre Miller. Oh, yeah. Um, like, like, heavy shoes. I could have seen... I could see, like... I could see Andre Miller playing in, like, a warm-up jacket like Brent Berry wore in the dunk contest. For sure, dude. But only because it was free. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it would, like you'd be like, "Wow, it's he's wearing that warm up jacket. Why does it say Pets dot com on the back?" <laughs> it's like, oh, it was a fan giveaway. Um, <laughs> and there's snacks, there's trail mix in the pockets. Here's my question for you, though most yeah. most Tim's guy ever, Andre Miller, obviously. Who's the uh, most Tim's guy in the NBA right now? Yeah, just somebody who seems like a. Like, it honestly, really might associate... be Mike Scott. <laughs> I guess so. He's not. He's the problem is that he's like DC, and I feel like it's Tim's are like more of a Northeast thing. Like I, I associate them more with New York City. I don't know if that's correct or not, but I think I'm just 
maybe a little bit influenced by that story in the Beastie Boys book about Tribe Called Quest mm-hmm. playing one-on-one in Tim's. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I, I kind of, well... Like, who is who looks the most like he's just playing basketball on his lunch break? You right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I would say Udonis has... He, Haslam has that vibe, but he's like... It's because he's old. He wasn't too like that. Too as a much young. of a tryhard. He has the face, yeah. but not not the game. Uh huh. Um, gosh. Um, Taj Gibson, maybe. I still think we're in the wrong ballpark. Let me think about it. Yeah. But uh, it might be Al Horford. Um, just somebody who doesn't even jump. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> not well, jumping is a big part of wearing heavy boots. I mean, boots. Zach Randolph is the more well, he's not in the league anymore. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, you know what? In fact, listeners, send us who you think it is. We'll judge this uh, yeah. the next episode. Most um, Timbaland wearing player. We have to yeah. get to, again, real basketball news. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, Mike Scott fought a bunch of Eagles fans at a tailgate. Uh, that uh-huh. was tight as hell. Um, Eagles yeah. fans, I mean, Philadelphia, come on. Could you be Get less your... of a parody of yourself? Get it together. <laughs> uh, so Mike Scott went to an Eagles tailgate, and he wasn't wearing Eagles gear. However, I feel like... He was wearing head-to-toe should... Redskins gear. Sorry. Well... Yes, yes, he was wearing Redskins here. It sorry, was don't say, let's not say that word. <laughs> oh, sorry. Washington professional football team, yeah. racist name gear. Yeah. But I would say that the exceptions for for this are if you're wearing, say, the jersey of your dead a transcendent player who was murdered yeah. very young. Yeah, you know, like like a Sean Taylor jersey is like that's not aggressive. That is a tribute. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... But also, um, you should... Also, if you play for a team in the area, you should be allowed to wear whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. He's on the Sixers. <laughs> what does he have to prove? Like, oh, he's not repping Philadelphia 100% of the time. Just literally when he's wearing the uniform of the city you're in, you dumb shits. What a city of animals. An NBA player comes to hang out at your stupid-ass Philly tailgate. Like... <laughs> Just look, okay. You want to know the worst part about it? What's that? All of those guys have to go compete in a dance competition now. (laughs) Oh, right. Yes. (laughs) Oh, it's terrible. Uh, Yeah, so he should, it should have been the coolest thing, but these, I, I mean, look, these Philly fans on their way to the Super Bowl, there were two separate playoff games where a fan was arrested for punching a police horse. Mm-hmm. And it so, was not Danny Fortson. It was not Danny Fortson. <laughs> it wasn't the same guy. Uh, oh, my God. For those of you that don't remember, Danny Fortson in college once uh, was petting a police horse and um, in court said he was trying to pet it when he punched a police horse. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> much like many other disappointing power forwards of the 90s, the Warriors gave him a long-term contract. <laughs> Uh, so the circumstances are pretty insane. He's wearing a Sean Taylor jersey. Um, 
He went to the tailgate because a sports photographer offered to give to bring him some McGriddles that apparently made it happen. And the tailgate where some fans where he, he grappled with the fans, someone had brought a coffin uh-huh. <laughs> there. And I guess the story, the fake story at first was that someone's grandfather had died and wanted to go to one last tailgate. There was not a corpse in it, unfortunately, but uh, it did have a, a Redskins T-shirt on top of uh-huh, it. Right? That yeah. read, "I want to party like it's 1991," uh-huh. which I guess is the last year the Redskins won the Super Bowl. But mm-hmm. I don't. The symbolism is all over the place there, Joey. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they started yelling racial slurs at him, and uh, I, I. Was it Riley Cooper, Joey? <laughs> no, it was Bradley Cooper from the Silver oh, Linings play- wow. Playbook. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. he's just <laughs> deep in character. And again, he's got a he's got a dance competition to get to mm-hmm. next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then later in the game, he wet his pants. Uh-huh. In tribute to his Jackson Maine, my son. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because everyone knows. Uh, Allie and Jackson Maine from A Star is Born are my children. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> right, uh, I cry every time I hear that one song about... I don't really even remember the title, because I still haven't seen that movie. It's called Shallow, Sean. Shallow. And actually, our friend... I was at our friend Claire O'Kane's wedding. Friend of uh-huh. the show, Claire O'Kane. Uh, I was at her wedding this weekend, and she played that song ironically at one point and uh turned out to be a banger people really wow. loved that she was playing it <laughs> that that really kind of defines claire uh-huh <laughs> doing something ironically and then being and then like it, and then it everyone it loving rules. it yeah. yeah uh claire is the best uh we here at round ball rock wish her and her new husband nick Naney, um Everything and whatever. What? What? What do I do? I forget what you say, say at yeah. weddings. I um, was gonna say many happy returns of the day, but I think that's for birthdays. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mike Scott beat the shit out of those fans too. It was pretty tight. Yeah, like, why th- are you trying to fight Mike Scott? He's six <laughs> ten. He has. Also, every- how are you? How do you not know that's a basketball player? <laughs> He's six ten, and he has every emoji tattooed on his body. You're right. <laughs> um, that like you couldn't. If, that's why Mike Scott cannot commit a crime. Here is what I don't understand, though, Sean. Yes. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, he was being escorted by their security guy. A worthless security that guy. That guy? Who hired him? Sam Hinkie? <laughs> I think uh, Eric Jr. did. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. You have one job, and it's to not let Mike Scott fight multiple Philadelphians. Yes! <laughs> like, it reminded me, like, in that situation, you need to be, like, a baseball manager who gets himself kicked out of the game so your pitcher doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you just, like, it, I just, I, it, it baffles my mind, that breakdown in security. It's so you, crazy. You clearly live and work in Philadelphia. You know what these animals are like. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, it's not like that's exclusive to just Eagles tailgates. That is like the the inner circle of hell. Uh-huh. But but I think like even just like a random Wawa, like 
people get in people get into fights by the Rocky statue. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, all right, we gotta move on from this now, too, yeah, but, uh, don't fuck with Mike Scott, he rules. Yeah, um, he's summer, summer Vacation MVP. Yeah, Summer Vacation MVP, as, uh, told to us by Katie Heindel. Um, all right, should we talk about it? Uh, yeah, I don't care should, about it either. Should we talk about the man that Brian Grazer, uh, <laughs> Brian Grazer's best friend, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Brian Grazer, what a career in uh, <laughs> latching on to a famous guy and uh, agreeing with everything haircut. he says. Yeah. He's famous because he has the dumbest haircut. Um, and, like, he's, he's managed to not anger Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kevin Durant, Sean, mm-hmm. you know he's he's into business, right? He loves business, Joey. Um, so where do you think he chose to have his first interview as a Brooklyn Net? What well, what publication? I mean, I would have said, man, The Economist is like too fancy. I mean, okay, look, he, I did not know that this periodical existed before a couple hours ago today. You did not? Well, I didn't know there was a Wall Street Journal magazine. <laughs> Oh, fair. I didn't realize that either. I just yeah, assumed yeah, the Wall Street Journal. I was like, well, like Sean, are you... The art section of the WSJ? Here's here's what I'm wondering. Um, do you think uh, Mad Money with Jim Cramer wouldn't have him, or... <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't Jim let Cramer, him... like, under an indictment I'm or sure anything, he's right? in prison, right? He's yeah. gotta be in prison now. <laughs> like, did you know that Jim Cramer, um, even, like, like years before... Um, he helped uh, fuel the the housing crisis of 2008, uh, was, like, responsible for a different disastrous investment bubble. No, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> he had sound buttons, though. You can, you can see, like, articles from Michael Lewis about what a dangerous idiot Jim Cramer is from, like, three different mm-hmm. decades. <laughs> Um, so we should do this in a way, because there's a lot to take in here. Yeah. Um, Sean, do you have this broken up in ways you want to talk about it? Well, it's most, I have it mostly chronological. I just want to Okay, let's do it chronologically then. I'm just saying one of us needs to lead here. Okay, I can, I can lead this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, here we go. Okay, so. So first off. For those of you that haven't read the Kevin Durant piece, uh, you definitely should. Um, also, you know what? Before we get into the meat of the piece, we should talk about... Uh, he also used this opportunity to jump back on Twitter. Oh, um, I didn't even... I forgot he had left. So, this article came out. It provoked a lot of talk. And, uh... Well, we'll... Let's get to it when we get into the social media part. I mean, he hadn't left Twitter, but, you know, he'd, he'd not been fighting with people for a few months. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so Kevin Durant, Mr. Boardroom, Mr. Business, uh-huh. uh, does this feature with the Wall Street Journal magazine. And the very first line of it is uh, he's getting la- fan- weird laser treatment on his leg. Mm-hmm. 
And the first line of the article is, some days I hate the NBA. And uh, Joey, you know what my reaction to that was? What? No fucking shit. <laughs> like, like if you're talking about one player who uh, occasionally hates the NBA, he's, pre- he's pretty high on my list, Joey. Who, who uh, hates the NBA more than him? You know, I think there's probably... I always think the guys who hate it the most are guys who are like seven feet tall. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? Like there there's it's gotta be like Alex Len or <laughs> like a guy a guy whose passion is is like pottery I or ironwork. Larry you know, Sanders like, hates the well, NBA. Larry Sanders more. was like yeah. the king of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he hated the NBA so much that he 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 like couldn't even tolerate it when he didn't really have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he couldn't. He wasn't skateboarding. That's what he wanted to do. But yeah, I, I always think the guys who hate it the most are. Um, I mean, it's some backup center somewhere. It's, you know, it's Cristiano Felicio. Mm-hmm. It's like I could see him being the guy because he's he's Brazilian and he plays in you know a city that's pretty cold and fairly un-Brazilian weather through most of the time that he's like employed there, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure Chicago is lovely in the summertime, but, uh, you know, pretty wi- anyway. Um, so he, he expands and he says, some days I hate the circus of the NBA. Some days I hate that the players let the NBA business, the fame that comes with the business, alter their minds about the game. Sometimes I don't like being around the executives and politics that come with it. I hate that. This is the first of many shots he takes at executives, too, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, but also... Um, he keeps equating the executives to the fans throughout this, which is, it is. a very weird choice. It's also, if you were, okay, if this was a blind quote and you're like, yeah, this, this NBA superstar hates when players let business and fame alter their minds about the Mm -hmm. game. Wouldn't you almost think they were talking about Kevin Durant? (laughs) Like it was like an anonymous quote about Kevin Durant. However, despite his hatred of executives, later in the article it says, if basketball isn't available, Durant finds expression through other means, photography, music, art. He dabbles or dives deep, depending. But he's discovered a true passion for business. So he fucking loves executives! Well, but he's talking about team executives. I mean, I guess. No, he is. He says it later. I know what he's talking about. He hates Bob Myers. I swear to God, so much of this is him equating that, because we'll get into it later, I assume, but there are weird, veiled other shots at executives where he's like, people talk about the mental illness, do we have that quote? We'll get to it later, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's, it's, okay. yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, There's something I want to mention here, though, before we get into this. Um, I was talking to John, our friend friend of the pod, John Wilmes, mm. uh, earlier today about Kevin Durant huh. and this article. And I think John had actually the best take anyone is ever going to have about Kevin Durant ever. Oh, okay. He said, quote, Katie is the only person whose opinion on the Joker movie I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, now, granted, during during the initial phases of this interview, Kevin Durant and his friends are watching White Boy Rick. Uh-huh. And marveling at the plot twists, apparently. White Boy Rick is, like, the most... Look, there is no... There is no more perfect uh, NBA entourage movie to be watching. Oh, yeah. Do you like, know what I mean? <laughs> like... Isn't it, doesn't it kind of feel like it's like, is it like white trash Donnie Brasco, but they're also trying to make it like, what's, oh, it, it, what it seems like is like a dumb guy trying to create a killer Joe vibe. (laughs) Anyway, I did not make it through white boy Rick Joey. I didn't like, I haven't seen it, but it's, you know, it's gangster. You know what I mean. All right, keep going. Uh, so, okay, so talking about his passion for executives, um, we have a quote from Brian Grazer, one of, like, three people quoted in the article that aren't Kevin Durant. It's basically There's, Brian Grazer, Durant's mom, well, and briefly Rich Kleiman. No, you forgot a person. You forgot. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up. You forgot the worst quote in the piece. Oh, okay. Uh, which is from a person named Laureen Powell Jobs, uh-huh. who helped Durant establish a multi-million dollar program in Prince George's County to help college-bound kids ready themselves. Uh-huh. Uh, says Durant is, quote, a deeply integrated individual, uh, unquote. I think I missed that one because... Uh... That was a part of the article where I'm like, hey, because he does give a lot of money to charity. Well, but integrated people, she says, quote, keep all the knowledge of their experience and bring it to their current awareness. They use it as a source of knowledge, of power, and want to affect change that's informed by their experience. Mm. Uh, that's the most fucking business, uh, like, con man. That is, like, basically something like, uh, uh, Ther- the Theranos lady would have said to get money out of people. Like, well, I'm know, a deeply integrated individual. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a deeply integrated individual. <laughs> wow. So that uh, lady is conning Kevin Durant, so that's well, pretty tight. <laughs> that kind of sounds like something you'd hear at a Google retreat in Sicily. Oh, Joey. yeah. Why are you bringing that up? Uh, because Brian Grazer, reco- this is a quote, <laughs> Brian Grazer recalls a talk Durant gave at a Google retreat in Sicily. Like, okay, fuck all the way off with every element of that <laughs> sentence. During the Q&A, someone asked what made Durant so great. Tough, qu- asking the tough questions at the Google retreat in Sicily. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. The, when, uh, and, and Kevin Durant's coolly... Durant replied, paranoia. Uh-huh. So chill. Yeah. Hi, Kevin. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a founder. I know you really like founders. I, I have a tough question. Uh, <laughs> what makes you so great? <laughs> paranoia, paranoia, motherfucker. <laughs> and then five minutes standing ovation from the people that are ruining the world. You know what? We shouldn't have cracked down on the mafia so hard. Because then some people in Sicily I'm just saying be bring it back. Kill more of those people. Um, <laughs> here's a question I have for you, Sean. How uh-huh. upset is Rich Kleiman that Brian Grazer got mentioned first? 
Oh, and and more often too. Yeah, climbing is actually I think reduced to a parenthetical. Uh, like they yeah, him, he, it's a but... it's a parenthetical that's also a paragraph. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Well, here let's just talk about it. He he they he tells a story about how when he was a free agent in 2016, they rented a house in the Hamptons and everyone had to come and kiss his ass. This year, they just went to dinner at. Cipriani and Rich Kleiman told him what they were offering, and Durant's like, fine, I'm going to Brooklyn. And then Rich Kleiman says, the Hamptons and Cipriani? How bougie can you get? Hey, if any of Kevin Durant's members of his uh, friends and family are listening to this uh, right now, um, I have a suggestion for you. Uh, please start referring to Rich Kleiman as White Boy Rich behind his White back. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you think they'll get another set of matching tattoos, Joey? Mm, no, because it seems like he's on the outs, doesn't yeah, it? He and, he and Grazer, his mom is back. No, Kevin Durant's mom is back. Which wasn't didn't Rich Kleiman kind of like. Don't they sort of imply that he, like, tried to replace KD's mom? Well, I mean, he did replace KD. He, like, <laughs> they, they cut, KD's mom used to handle, like, his business side or his investments uh-huh. or something, and he, he cut her out of the picture in 2014. Yeah. Which is the point where Kevin Durant really started to sour on Oklahoma City, too. Uh, it's also the point when he gets real into, quote-unquote, business. But we'll get into that theory i have about kevin durant in a little bit if you're if you're looking for the point where kevin durant starts being more like the modern kevin durant because 2014 is the year where he wins the mvp um beautiful emotional speech he's so nice and loving to russell westbrook and then and his mom so nice and and loving to his mom Couple months later, apparently cuts her out of his finances, and suddenly he's best friends with Rich Kleinman. And they don't speak for nine months. He and mm-hmm. his mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what a controlling person does. He isolates you from your loved ones. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like I need to watch uh, that John Cusack Brian. Wilson I watched movie it pretty now. recently. Love and Mercy. Yeah, uh, there's an amazing scene where John Cusack. Uh, balls up a burger in his fist and eats it while <laughs> Paul Giamatti screams at him. Uh, I, you know what? I would also like to see that scene done the reverse. <laughs> um, all right, let's keep going though. Okay, so uh, where do you think Kevin Durant's living right now? Uh, is it a neo brutalist mansion? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's nailed to the side of a cliff above Beverly Hills. It's literally described as a neo-brutalist mansion. And then they say it feels like a chrysalis or a crypt, because uh-huh. the front door is a giant sliding slab of stone. They also talk about how it's dark inside all the time. Kevin Durant is living in a tomb. <laughs> cool crypt, KD. So then he he has not decided where to live in New York yet. And his his friends are telling him to live in Manhattan, but he wants to live in Dumbo. Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, that is 
da- that stands for down under uh I think that some bridge Brooklyn <laughs> well it, it is in it is in Brooklyn <laughs> I don't know but I <laughs> uh it's it, it's a really dumb real estate I mean look look it's fine uh down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass is what it means okay, cool. and uh there's like a carousel there's if anyone's told you to go to Grimaldi's pizzeria that's in Dumbo no one's ever told me that no it's like it's just a super old pizza place pretty good but you know um, um wow anyway, he's so different uh, he wants to live yeah. in Dunbo. Which is um, honestly like not particular. It seems like it would be a lot more convenient to. Uh, well, that's what now, he granted, says. I don't I don't know which subways he's, go there. I don't but think he says he wants to be there because it's close to the practice gym because all he does is live for the gym. Oh, yeah. He just he wants his house to have a gym. He brags about how he doesn't wash his face. Um, oh yeah, that, we should talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so he—that's in the same quote, like, basically. Yeah, it's like, where do you want to live? He's like, live for the—I just want to live high ceilings, a sick view. Let me tell you what the view is going to be in Dumbo, the Manhattan Bridge. <laughs> he prides himself on rolling out of bed straight into practice. I don't wear matching clothes. I don't wash my face. I don't brush my hair. I just come in there and go to work. Well. What, how nice for your coworkers that you <laughs> you 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 go in filthy and unwashed. My teeth. I don't brush my teeth. I don't change I my. Take a, I don't change I don't my take pants. a shit till I get to the practice facility. <laughs> I don't wash my clothes. <laughs> like wow, I really respect this guy. He's an animal. Um, um, this is also, a section. That you also forgot to mention a thing that happens in this article that I'm going to find here. Hold uh, on one second. I felt uh, like I was almost, yeah, I, there's so much. But also, um, was anyone under the impression that Kevin Durant was brushing his hair a lot? Okay, um, then he <laughs> says, uh, <laughs> a chef brings him a plate. Crispy black cod, parsnip and potato puree, uh, chanterelle mushrooms, roasted fennel, followed by creme brulee topped with fresh whipped cream and sliced strawberries. Durant uh, takes two bites and sets the plate aside. <laughs> this writer is out of control, by the way. <laughs> now let me list these foods, and but- he is... Not eating much of it, okay. <laughs> no, but that is... Can you imagine being that chef? <laughs> Every day. Like, making this insanely fancy meal to watch this fucking jerk take two bites and then push the plate away like a fucking asshole. Yeah, it's like, well, I guess I'm... guess I'm done with that meal. I guess I'm gonna... Roll the stone away from my bedroom in case Kevin Durant wants three bites of something else. Um, Here's another thing you didn't mention. Uh, He talks about uh, his trainer. um, Who did you did you catch the list of people his trainer has worked with? Oh, please. This is less again about Durant and more about uh, the writer. But (laughs) Hancock, who's worked privately with Odell Beckham Jr., David Beckham, Daniel Craig, uh-huh. you two, 
period. <laughs> when the when he started listing them like that, I was like, how many Beckhams is he going to list? It was like Odell Beckham, David Beckham, Tim Beckham, uh, Gordon uh, Beckham, Wash Out Race, but yeah, Gordon Beckham, uh, Beck himself. <laughs> but Julian to end Hamm. on you two. And, like, I guess he's training the whole band at once. Yeah, That's he's the not way just, I think about it. He's not training just Larry Mullen Jr. <laughs> that would be great if the other guys in YouTube are, like, constantly quitting. And he's like, no, 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 man. We... Come on, keep going. Keep going. Come on, The Edge. <laughs> um. All right, let's keep going. You've got some... You've got a... Uh, let's talk about... Okay, so he's he's finally addressing his departure from the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been thinking about it. We've been talking about it all the time on the podcast. It's true. Uh, so here's what he says. He says, I came in there wanting to be part of a group, wanting to be part of a family, and definitely felt accepted. But I'll never be one of those guys. I didn't get drafted there. That is true. Steph Curry obviously drafted there. Andre Iguodala won the first finals, first championship. All right, well, his thesis has fallen apart already. <laughs> no, but I get what he's saying. Keep going, though. I mean, I do I do get that Andre Iguodala feels more homegrown, but, like, I kind of feel like the acquisition of Andre Iguodala is similar to the acquisition of, of Kevin Durant, and, in fact was, like, facilitated by Andre Iguodala's French, chapel-based friendship uh-huh. with Kevin Durant. Um, okay, uh, Clay Thompson drafted there. Draymond Green drafted there. And the rest of the guys kind of rehabilitated their careers there. So me, shit, how are you going to rehabilitate me? What are you going to teach me? How can you alter anything in my basketball life? I got an MVP already. I got scoring titles. I could you tell you what? one thing they could have taught him. Uh, how to set a screen. <laughs> yeah, that... Something he refused to learn the entire time he was there. (laughs) Yeah. Now, granted, for the most part, I'm kind of... I feel like his Golden State quotes, I'm... Yes. I mean, we're going to get to that. Keep going, though. But yes, he read my mind there. Yes, 100%. As as time went on, I started to realize I'm just different from the rest of the guys. It's not a bad thing, just my circumstances and how I came up in the league. And on top of that, the media always looked at it like KD and the Warriors. So it's like nobody could get a full acceptance of me there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that's true, but I'm going to say that some of that may have come from one of the players on the Warriors named Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah, I would also agree with that. (laughs) I mean, like, the reason reason I felt like KD and the Warriors was that he played on a make-good one-year contract every year and was clearly leaving after two years. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, and uh, then also uh, his coach had to give him, uh, which we'll get to him in a second, but uh, his coach in the middle of a uh, game six uh, elimination game had to tell him, uh, had to tell him a long story about Michael Jordan passing the ball, maybe. You remember that so happening? Says, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, he was pretty bad in most of that series, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. His strategy. The motion offense we run in Golden State, it only works to a certain point. Oh, fuck We can totally yeah. rely yes. can totally rely on only our system for maybe the first two rounds. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say oh. maybe one round. Keep going. Keep <laughs> then going. Then the next two rounds, we're going to have to mix in individual plays. Yes. 
Yes. We've got to throw teams off because they're smarter in that round of playoffs. So now I had to dive into my bag deep Mm -hmm. to create stuff Mm -hmm. on my own. Off the dribble, ISOs, pick and rolls. More so than let the offense create my points for me. And I got to say, fair enough, KD. That is... Look, Sean, I hadn't read this article. I'd only seen that quote. Uh, uh-huh. And I was like, oh, man, has Katie been listening to my, the pod? That's uh-huh. all I ever talk about. Uh, and then um, I saw a tweet he did um, where uh, a guy was talking shit to him. And he replied, you want me to see you? I see you, my son. Now go flourish with that clout you received. And between reading that and that quote, before reading this article, I was like, <laughs> oh, shit, I think I like Kevin Durant now. He's back. Uh, but yeah. then I read the article, and I was like, nope, still still do not like Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steve Kerr, Warriors did not run a lot of pick and rolls without uh, Kevin Durant in the finals, did they, Joey? Uh, no, they ran all of them. Um, that's all they ran. It's how they got back to the finals with all... Oh, no, no, hurt. I mean in the finals. Oh, Sorry. Uh, they ran, like, four his entire yeah. time there, I think. And then they, they, they kept running ex- ones... Well, they were trying to run them, but uh, Kevin Durant um, wasn't good at setting the screen, so then they started running ones where Kevin Durant was the ball ha- handler and uh, Stephen Curry was the screener. He um, is about 190 pounds yeah, now, Joey. That's, um, that's a good screener. I mean, yeah. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> uh, so part of the fair enough section, I'll never be attached to Oklahoma City again because of, well, he says this stuff, but it's people spray painting his house, uh, you know, firing a gun at his jersey. I eventually wanted to come back to that city and be part of that community and organization, but I don't trust nobody there. That shit must have been fake what they was doing. The organization, the GM, I ain't talked to none of those people, even had a nice exchange with those people since I left. Again, this is a situation where I'm like, fair enough, but I do you think he was planning to come back to Oklahoma City? Um Yes, because the writer does point this out afterwards. Uh, uh, in the article, he's like, he's given quotes that are exactly the opposite of this in the past. Yeah, <laughs> where he's like, hey, I love these people. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm going to come the, back someday. And the, and the article's like, it actually makes him more honest that he... He lies all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, he also has not talked to the Warriors since leaving. It kind of seems like that's kind of his M.O. is just to to make a very clean break. Um, so here's, do you want to, oh, oh, I guess, oh, yeah, let's, let's keep going. Uh, apparently he liked it when the Toronto fans were cheering his injury mm-hmm. because he it did like that. Yeah. Killing him. Uh, he likes Drake. And then here is what's going to lead us into, uh, I think the, the most important psychological analysis here. Cody says, uh, leaving Oklahoma city made me realize how big this whole shit is. The shit he says, is, quote, the machine, a great big invisible generator of narratives programmed by the powers that be to gin up controversy, conflict, whatever keeps people dialed in. Uh-huh. Um, Sean, I have a question for you. Hmm? Does that sound like anyone to you? 
Uh, maybe somebody with a lot of, uh... Somebody that maybe we make fun of all the time on this show? Uh, you know what? I, it reminds me of Kyrie Irving, Joey. Uh-huh. A lot of what he did today reminded me of Kyrie Irving. Um, can uh-huh. I read you that tweet again? Please. You want me to see you. I see you, my son. Now, go flourish with that clout you received. Do you want me to read that as Psychedelic Kyrie? Oh, please do, Joey. You want, you want me to see, to see, to see. I see, I see, my son, my son, my son. Now, now, go flirt, go flirt with that cloud, that cloud, that cloud, that Um, can I read you another thing that uh, reminded me a lot of something maybe Kyrie Irving would do? Yes, absolutely. Um, the rapper Q-Tip recently sent Durant an old black and white clip of Bruce Lee, which Durant devoured. First off, um, can you devour like a five-minute clip? <laughs> this is like, that is like how... Someone who is not really familiar with like reading, yeah. Oh, oh, he devoured that YouTube he, video. He oh, takes he sent one bite Instagram for post. He takes he one bite of food, it. but he cannot stop devouring the four-minute <laughs> Bruce Lee video. No, I, I mean I think that means he took two bites of that video. He watched. Uh, he watched two minutes of it, set it aside, and was like, ah, oh, so satisfied. So anyway, hold on. The rapper Q-Tip. Q-Tip re- set him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many parts of this that are like, again, we have determined in the past that Kyrie Irving uh, is at the backpack rap. Uh-huh. Uh, he definitely likes uh, Q-Tip for sure. In fact, when I was, um, when I worked on a magazine in college, we had uh, it's a lot of, lot, of, lot of white college kids and uh, we had a, a Winamp folder that was called Not So Hip Hop. And that was, was a lot of that. Okay. Jurassic 5. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the rapper Cupid Tip recently sent Durant an old black and white clip of Bruce <laughs> Lee, which Durant devoured. Lee put it so beautifully, telling an interview about the secret of martial arts. Quote, all types of knowledge, unquote, Lee says. Quote, ultimately means self-knowledge. The more you know about martial arts, the more you know about yourself, and the more you can then express yourself with your body, especially in combat. On any given night, he has things to express. Angry things, scary things, joyful things about his story. Now, question. Um, does that sound like anybody? Does that sound... That doesn't sound like Kevin Durant from a year ago, does it? No, it it sounds a lot like Kyrie Irving from two weeks ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, like like of course Kyrie Irving would be super into Bruce Lee too. Like again, Kyrie Irving he's just a college saw, sophomore, but also Kyrie Irving just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right, that's uh, the reason this <laughs> came out. Oh, and he was like really mad because he's like, "How did this guy who's one hundred and thirty pounds get beat up?" I don't understand it. So, this leads me to a theory, Sean. Uh, I have a new theory on Kevin Durant. Um, 
Kevin Durant is the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, damn. He just becomes... He tries to become uh, whatever's... Any person that's around him. Uh, He is a mirror of the evil mirror of the people around him. Let's go through this here. All right. Okay. He's in Oklahoma City. What is his, like, number one characteristic? He's he's way into the town. He's a small he's town giving, guy. He loves the t- money. he loves a small town. He plays in flag football games. He goes to he's Olive a, Garden. Giving a lot of money to tornado relief. He yeah. and he and his buddy Russell Westbrook were backpacks. Yeah, the they're best friends. They love the Bible. He says mm-hmm. in that that he used to famously say the one thing in his backpack was a Bible. Mm-hmm. Then Rich Kleinman shows up. And all of a sudden, uh, what's Kevin Durant into? Founders. Business. All he cares about is business. All I want to do is talk business and hoop, baby. I got to go to that Google retreat. I'm eating Thanksgiving dinner at Tim Cook's house. Mm -hmm. I want to be a robber baron, baby. (laughs) New Gilded Age. Uh, Then uh, he goes to the Golden State Warriors. And, um... He doesn't really give interviews where he says anything. It's not very revealing, no. Uh, you know who does that? Uh, uh, Stephen Curry. <laughs> well, here's the other thing. He sometimes uh, does really embarrassing things on social media. Uh-huh. You know who does that? that? Draymond Dr- Green and yeah. Clay Thompson yeah, also Clay. does that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I Clay's almost like... Clay owns it. He's different. But anyway... Yeah, he's a different type of dude. Uh, uh, then all of a sudden he gets sick of Golden State. He starts talking to Kevin Durant... I mean, Kyrie Irving all the time. Who Kyrie Irving at the time is uh, feuding with the uh, Boston media constantly. What uh-huh. does Kevin Durant start doing after that All-Star break? Oh, um... Screaming at the media yeah. constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And now, oh, and also a lot like uh, his buddy Kyrie Irving, he suffers a devastating injury in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, and now he uh, he sounds like Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I have another. Uh, I I have there's another quote in here that I think says it all. Uh, he's talking about how he's on Instagram all the time. Uh, and he, he checks his DMs twice a day and answers all of them, right? It was implied he answers them all, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, cause he's like, he goes through all his DMs. He at least reads them all. <laughs> it was, I think it's implied that he at least answers a lot of them. Yeah. Anyway, this sentence stood out to me. Recently, he conducted a two-week-long dialogue with a total stranger, a young man who detailed his many struggles and mental woes ad nauseum, all of which Durant found fascinating. So he's, he's like trying to find another soul to steal? No. He's fascinated by someone with actual feelings because he's the fucking talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> he's on it. He's going to be on Instagram at some point. Rich Kleiman's going to be like, 
How's the peeping, KD? <laughs> KD, how's the peeping? Tommy, how's the peeping? Tommy, how's the peeping? Tommy, 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 Tommy. <laughs> uh, KD, how's the peeping? <laughs> How's the peeping, KD? That is so weird. In a he calls it an filled, introvert's utopia. Yeah. In in a life filled with uh, amazing, <laughs> amazing performances, that might be the best line Philip Seymour Hoffman ever gave. So good. <laughs> How's the peeping? Um. So yeah, that's um, what I've come to. Uh, I think that's a good theory. I, I want one more quote to talk about. Yes, I know please. we've really gotten into this. He he decides to talk about mental health. He says, we talk about mental health a lot. First of all, not really. Um, we only talk about it when it comes to players. We need to talk about it when it comes to executives, media, fans. Uh-huh. Okay, first of all, what is he talking about? He... He, I'm telling it's you, like, he hates the Golden State Warriors because there's another thing in here where he takes a veiled shot at them being wrong, uh, like about their narrative and getting his narrative right, and like how it. He talks about the executives again. I can't find the quote right now, but he hates the Golden State Warriors. I think honestly. It, he hates the stupid joke Bob Myers told at the parade and has never forgotten it. And he's like, that guy's crazy. Yeah. He started crying <laughs> after I got hurt. He's insane. I mean, well, he you know what does it is. seem insane. Bob Myers, well, so I think he, like, doesn't necessarily recognize other people's emotions because I bet what happened is, you know, um... What happened? It was like Bob Myers' brother-in-law died really suddenly. Mm -hmm. So right the the same summer, he got uh, Kevin Durant. The 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 Warriors get Kevin Durant. Uh, Bob Myers had a family tragedy where. Oh, here's that quote. I just found websites. it by the way. Thank you. Indeed, okay. not that one. Sorry. Indeed, right after he while you're looking for your quote, I have this. Indeed, right after he announced his deal with Brooklyn. A typical story dominated one or two news cycles. Warriors execs behind the scenes supposedly saying Durant wasn't happy enough after winning two titles. Nothing's good enough for this guy. I think that's why he keeps taking shots at executives. Yeah. Um, well, also, here's what I think. So right after um, the the fall after Durant came to the Warriors... Bob Myers' brother-in-law just died in a climbing accident really mm -hmm. young. And apparently, like, he was, he was like, pretty upset. And I just feel like Kevin Durant saw that and is like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> I mean... He's, he like, weeping human tears? That's so <laughs> weird. I don't get it. But also, like, wh what kind of dialogue does Kevin Durant want to have about the mental health of fans. I, I don't know. I mean, oh, I guess I guess maybe it was from uh, voyeuristically following the travails of a suicidal teenager on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his fans are fucked up. 
Tell me more. We forgot the second most Kyrie part about this. There's so Uh much in this. Him, the way, the reason he chose to wear number seven is the most Kyrie shit on earth. Oh, that it's the, yeah, that's the day. It, because the, the it last stands day of the for Earth's creation. No, hold on. So he's wearing number seven, and it would be one thing to say because God rested on the seventh day, uh-huh. uh, and like this is where I'm gonna. This is where I'm rested now. You know what I mean, or whatever. Like this is this is it for me. But no, even the words he chose here are Kyrie as fuck. Durant says he decided to wear number seven in Brooklyn because it stands for completion in the Bible. That's so weird. (laughs) It stands for (laughs) completion. But that doesn't mean he's like done. He's done. He went to Brooklyn because he's done. I think that I think the idea is that this is where he's ending his career. He created a flat earth and he walked away. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm glad that we're going to see Kevin Durant really get serious about his media criticism this year. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> uh, is that our show? Yeah, that's our should show, we, man. Should we make, like, the number seven and complete the episode? <laughs> Episode number seven is done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so charged up. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight, Joey. <laughs> I'm just going to have to roll the giant boulder away from my door in my apartment of stone. <laughs> Don't forget, Eat you have a check bite your- of food. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Check I guess I guess I have seven hours of Instagram DMs to go through. <laughs> that is like that is that's the most psychotic thing. I'm sorry, he says a lot of weird stuff that he twice a day goes through all of his Instagram DMs. That's like insane. <laughs> the only thing that makes sense is like, here's my theory about that. He's couching it as like. Hey, oh, I just wanted to reach out and feel these emotions. Those DMs are full of just filthy, filthy pictures. Mm-hmm. He has eleven and a half million followers on Instagram. Yeah, he's going. He's going through and adding from those DMs into a giant porn stash in like <laughs> just a giant hard drive that Tim Cook got him in twice a day compulsively masturbating to his Instagram DMs. All right. right, Maybe that was too far. That Um, was too far, Joey. No. Sean, what do you have to plug? Uh, Well, please come to this. If you're in the Sacramento area, if you're in Natomas, the former site of Chris Weber's restaurant. Hey, Jack A. Brazil, you're in Davis. Go to this show. Yeah, dude. Uh, And uh, I'm headlining. On Thursday, September 19th, I'll be featuring the 20th and 21st. Um, honestly, hit me up. There are, it is a surprising headline. Uh, there are some half price tickets on Gold Star available. And, uh, oh yeah, if you're in, if you're in Marin, I'll be at the Throckmorton Theater on, uh, Tuesday, September 17th. Um, probably with, 
some comedians that uh, live in, or maybe Dana Carvey will show up. You never know. Sometimes he comes by. Uh, oh, and also I'll have an article on Yard Barker this week about what coaches are already on the hot seat. Uh, no, basketball coaches. Oh, going great. Early. Uh, I think there's at least three that, in theory, could be fired before the season starts. <laughs> Is one of them Luke Walton? Uh, he's one of them. <laughs> right. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you one of the other coaches also coaches in California and the other one coaches in Texas. Uh is the other coach uh did the other coach maybe uh post this sad message to Laker fans? What's up, Lakers fans? Coach Frank Vogel here. <laughs> was I right? That that was the coach. It, was not, right. it wasn't Steve Kerr. <laughs> well, it could have been coach, Doc just... Rivers. <laughs> Uh, all right. As for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where 10 hours ago I tweeted, if you bank with at Wells Fargo, I feel really bad for you. They are awful. You know what? They are terrible. Mm -hmm. Don't bank with them. He also had a good tweet uh, on September 7th where he said, so at Pagey Price won't let me get a Carvel ice cream cake for our wedding. Might bolt. This is joke. very rare that I have agreed with Frankie twice. <laughs> that would be so tight. A Carvel ice cream cake for their wedding? <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, get a fudgy the whale. Um, yeah. Sean, did you write a song? I did again. What's it called? <laughs> well, it's it's called I'm Gonna Be 5,500 Miles. Great. Uh, that's playing under us right now if i remember how that song intros uh trust the process trust the process and uh, shut it down let's all check our instagram dms at least twice a day well, post up well you know For i'm gonna be health. i'm gonna be the man who posts up next to luca when i take shots well you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be the man who throws it up for two when i get dunks well, you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who hits the glass and cleans. And if I hate her, well, you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna admit I really don't know what that means. But I would fly 5,000 miles and another 500 drop. Because that's how far it is to fly from Dallas to Slovenia. When I'm screening, well, you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's screening hard for Luca. And when the money comes in for the revenue, somehow Maxi Cleaver's making more than Luca. When we're at home, when we're at home, well, you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be avoiding the desk of Pat's DJ. And when we're thanking, when we're thanking, I'm not talking about the shark, I'm gonna say goodbye to young Tim Hardaway. But I would fly 5,000 miles and another 500 drop Because that's how far it is to fly from Dallas to Slovenia Daluca, 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 When I'm dreaming, 
Well, you know I'm gonna dream, I'm gonna dream about the times that Luca threw When I'm traveling, well, you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be ducking when Coach Rick throws a shoe When we fall out, when we fall out Well, you know we're gonna see, we're gonna see if Chris Stops helps us pace in space And when I come home, when I come home Well, you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real freaked out by Cuban's face I'm gonna wonder about his waxy face. Well, I would fly 5,000 miles and I know the 500 drop because that's how far it is to fly from Dallas to Slovenia. Daluca, Daluca. You know, it keeps going like this for a while. They can take our dimes, but they can't take our freedom. My mother turned into a bear. That's from the movie Brave. Luca has a normal-sized head. I still wouldn't want it to block the TV when the face city rollers are on. Those are Scottish things. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.